Hey, coming up on the next episode of Unpolished MBA. Come on, LinkedIn. I like I like people disagree. It's good. I think it's good to disagree too. Respectfully disagree. Yes. As long as you're staying on the topic and not make it personal, then I think that's really where you start to develop your ideas and you also can also change your nuance a little bit on both sides. People can really see the full picture. Absolutely. Disagreements, I actually look at it as a time to learn other people's perspective. Yes. Agreed. So, Sol, I want to welcome you to the Unpolished MBA podcast. Thank you, Monique. Appreciate you having me here. Sure. Well, you know, you post quite a bit on LinkedIn and our audience knows I'm a big fan of LinkedIn and I encourage other people to use it as a way to connect with other brilliant people like yourself. And I notice you have a lot of different parts of your professional life, right? And things that you're involved in. So I wanted you to just first start off with sharing a little bit about what you do and your background. Sure. Well, I went to uh, engineering school. So my degrees are in mechanical engineering. And I went into the field of energy engineering, energy efficiency right away. And for the past 20 years, I've been in various roles, but generally connected to that sort of overall field. Currently, I work in the mortgage finance industry with companies that are looking for various green loan programs. So we'll do the energy analysis. And I also do a lot of engineering support just for general review of property condition assessments and those types of inspection reports. So that kind of keeps me busy on the business and management side because mm-hmm. I have my own small firm, as well as the technical side because I'm also the lead engineer for everybody that works for us. So everything kind of goes through me before it goes out to the client. Okay. Are you direct hire as employee or do they hire your firm in order to do that work? So they are hiring my firm. And it's uh-huh. interesting because I've had a couple of different iterations of this firm. And you know we can just get into this a little bit further. But I started this firm really like 15 years ago and actually went to work full-time for one of my clients you know, late 2017, because of various issues that, again, I'm happy to discuss. And then because of Corona, I ended up going back to it. So in this iteration, I'm really sort of fixing some of the things that I felt went wrong the first time. So I actually do have one of my clients, I'm a full-time contractor. And basically, I still, everything, like I said, everything that goes back to them comes through me, but they understand they're hiring team Saul instead of, you know, just Saul. So would you mind just elaborating a little bit on what happened before to, to make you change the situation this time around? Right. I think what I did wrong the first time was I didn't have sort of this focus on how can I scale and grow within in a methodical manner. And what it came down to is I was making, you know, very good money. That wasn't the issue at all, but I was getting completely burnt out because I didn't want to let a client down. Yeah. And if they, if another client said, hey, can you pick something up? Sure. I was always saying yes. And the hours just became insane. So when one of my clients said, hey, we're creating this new position, it's, you know, it does not exist now. You're going to be hired in as the first person into that role. I was like, you know what? This is really a good mix of a full-time position, but with a company that had an entrepreneurial touch to it. So kind of 
gave me that fix as well. And I said, you know what, this is the right time to go ahead and do that. Okay, understood. I know the outside of even the technical work that you do with that, you also have, I would say, even another side hustle on top of that, which is career development for young engineers. So tell me how you even got involved in that. Right. Well, I'll tell you, you know, I think some of these things, as you sort of move along in your path, you never realize like, wow, I was really lucky to have, you know, parents, you know, let's start, it's like simple. Both of my parents went to university. So for me, going to university, it wasn't like something I really thought about. Like that was just the automatic next step that one takes when they finish high school. And at the time, I never thought of that as something unique. That was just, okay, this is what it is. And Similarly, when I got out into my career, I just really lucked out. I had an amazing company that I first worked for out of engineering school that everybody was just very supportive, gave a lot of guidance. If you had questions, they could help you out. So I had these just natural mentors there that really helped me along my path. And when I look back, it's very obvious to me that I would not be where I am today were it not for their guidance. And so I always thought that most people got that from their jobs. They would get that from you know, their broader community, their family. And then I realized that, that a lot of people don't get that. So I started the Engineering Mentor really just as a way to kind of disseminate some of that information, help some of those younger engineers along their path in, in whatever way that I can, so that if they're missing that in their life, I can kind of fill that gap to some degree. So what was that turning point where you figured out that other people didn't quite have the same privilege as you. It, it, it was a, actually, it was a conversation in the break room. And one of the, I was doing some consulting work and we were on site and I just mentioned something. I was like, yeah, you know, one of my mentors once told me, and I just like kind of looked around the room and at these blank faces, like, what am I talking about? And I'm like, what, what's wrong? And one of them was like, what do you mean your mentor? Like, and I explained to them, you know, these people, it wasn't, you know, in a specific, you know, you are my mentor kind of, right. you know, arrangement. It was really just, okay, these people, they mentored me. They helped to guide me along the way. And it really, it's just something that I never realized that other people didn't get, you know, I think to some degree, it might be my personality as well, because every time I've moved up as a, you know, in engineering to a more senior level, of course, I'm going to help that younger engineer. Like I, I look back, I'm like, come on, I was a young and dumb engineer at one point. Like, I mean, of course you need that guy, but not every senior engineer really had that same outlook or helps. And in turn, not every younger engineer has those senior engineers available to them because it's not there. That's definitely true. I mean, the world, are you, where are you located, by the way? You're in Canada, right? No. So actually it depends on where I am, you know, of the year. I'm actually, right now I'm in Israel. Okay. I, okay. Especially with Corona, you know, you can kind of be wherever you want, but otherwise I'm on the East coast back and forth between Baltimore and New York. Okay. Okay. So yeah, there are certainly, and that's why I always ask because not everyone that I speak with are from the U.S. So, you know, culturally here in the U.S., I mean, we have race issues. We have, I mean, not that other cultures don't have it, you know, things with misogyny and women's rights and equality, equal rights, but that's something that we're definitely known for here. And so there are inequalities 
in pretty much everything. And race is involved in pretty much everything. So you and I are both engineers and I'm vastly different than you, right? I'm a black woman. <laughs> and, you know, in this world here, they will consider you, okay, well, he's a white guy, even though you may have your own cultural, you know, differences. But on face value, we're treated differently, even with the same education. So having someone like you who who just sees like, hey, that's a young engineer that I want to help mentor and all of that. And focusing on that is awesome. Not just, oh, that's someone that's like me. Let me see if I can help them. And so that's why the work that you do with anybody that's, you know, embarking on this as a career is really something you should be proud of. Um, it would have been great, like you said, to have those mentors and things when you first get started. And so congratulations on starting that. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate it. I, it really is interesting because I think like you said, there are definitely groups, you know, whether it's yeah. race, gender, whatever it is, that the other thing they don't have is necessarily as many people representing them within the engineering field. It is interesting because I think like you said, there are definitely groups, you know, whether it's yeah. race, gender, whatever it is, that the other thing they don't have is necessarily as many you know, people representing them within the engineering field. Right. And, and so I actually, I, I, you know, I have a mastermind group with someone who helps specifically her focus. And so I actually, I, I, you know, I have a mastermind group with someone who helps specifically her focus is there's helping support women within engineering. Yeah. And it's true. You know, like I look back at my career, I did have, you know, one, one female engineer as a coworker. But wow. That, that, that was, we had my first job. Yeah, I mean, so right now, one of the companies that I work with, the president of the company is a female, but the fact is, she's not specifically in a technical role, and it's not right you know, as an engineer. Only. Yeah, so that's, you know, which the truth is, I still also haven't had, you know, female bosses. So to me, I just, I like to support programs that really just give everybody the opportunity. Not everybody wants to be an engineer, but if you can be an engineer, and that's something that interests you, it shouldn't be your community or whether your parents went to college or not, that you get that opportunity. That's all. That's true. I mean, the thing is, it's really hard for people to see what is possible for them if they don't see people who look like them doing it. And so representation definitely matters. And I think as a young person, especially in high school and even maybe just starting engineering school, um, we didn't realize that. And it was just something that really understanding that came with time, very similar to you realizing, you know, the position you had wasn't the same as other people. Let me ask you something, because there's so much focus on, you know, STEM, deg STEM degrees and folks going into STEM overall, because, you know, that's the way the future is and the way the world is progressing. Now, what do you think as far as them pushing everyone to go into STEM? I think it's a horrible idea. <laughs> I mean, I'm a, I'm a big supporter of STEM. I love, you know, I'm very happy with my career choice. I enjoy the field. And I think that there are a lot of sort of non-technical roles within the STEM field that, you know, let's say someone goes to their engineering school and they decide, hey, I don't want to do calculations all day. There are plenty of roles in there. However, I think... One of the worst reasons to go to to STEM or really to any degree is, you know, because they think that's, you know, either a really good paying job or somebody's pushing you into that because in the end of the day, you're going to hate it. 
It's, yeah. it's just to, it, honestly, you know, not to toot our own horns, but among the potential majors you can choose, engineering school is one of the harder ones. You are really going to hate, you're going to hate, start to hate your life if you're in there and you don't, oh. and you don't have that goal. Like, you know, it, it's hard enough for everybody who enjoys it. If you yeah. really don't want to be there, you're going to hate it. I have seen people, you know, who started with me that would like first semester, they like, yeah, I'm not doing this. Like, I thought I would like it, but in reality, I realized I only chose it as a major because my parents thought it would be a good idea or because I was good in math or I was good in science, right? And that's not necessarily what I realized when they signed up for it. or they also wasn't necessarily interested in that. They was interested in the end result. Right. And I think the good thing is that at least once you make it, let's say you do make it through, you just say, hey, you know what? I'm trying to push through. At least in itself, it's a very well-respected and useful degree mm-hmm. that can be taken elsewhere. Whereas there are clearly majors out there that are not as applicable to the, you know, the world at large. That's, yeah. You know, yeah. Unless you go into that specific field. So let's take a moment to thank our biggest sponsor of this podcast, TPM Focus, a strategy and execution consulting firm focused on generating revenue and finding product market fit for startups and small to medium-sized companies that are launching a new innovation or entering a new market. In a nutshell, if you're launching a new innovation or into a new market, we'll align your technology, marketing, sales, and customer success with your financial goals to ensure your company makes money while finding and solidifying your place in the market. Head over to tpmfocus.com to see testimonials and reach out if you'd like to work with us. I always say, and you can tell me your thoughts on this, I feel like engineering school trains the way you think. I think it helps you be definitely a problem solver and you have a systematic way of solving problems. And I, and it doesn't really even matter what engineering, those are the core parts that, that has been taught in, I think, all the engineering aspects of it, whether it's industrial, mechanical, whatever, you have to like be a problem solver. So it kind of trains you how to think. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think to some degree, you're right. I, it might be a hard, you know, if you sort of know that you want to end up in the business world, it might be a harder path to have taken, but it certainly prepares you well. I, there, there's some stat somebody shared with me about like, you know, for, Fortune 500 CEOs, it's just, there's a large percentage of them that are engineers that are not, you know, really? not working as engineers. Yeah. Wow. I, I, I forget the stat, but it was something, it was more than you sort of would have expected just by, you know, the odds. And I think it just, it just prepares you well for all these other careers. You're right. Anything analytical where you need to sort of think on your mind, play with a whole bunch of different variables, even if it's not, an engineering problem. Mm-hmm. I think you're well suited to help to try to solve it. I wanted to go back to what you do every day in your in your engineering work, right? So you work on green and en- energy projects, and I was wanting to get a little bit more insight on that. I have an interest in that as well, you know, s- sustainability and all that. But I also used to build power plants. In the beginning of my career, I was recruited to build power plants for Siemens. So I was a, the EE on site. And as I look back at that, just due to really the ignorance of the of knowing the industry well, I really feel bad about being involved in building more 
coal power plants. And so once I really learned about sustainability a little later in my career, I look back on how I can best help the situation and make things such that our world will exist in a capacity where we can still live on Earth despite everything, all the damage we've done to the planet. So I want to know what got you into a specific focus on like green projects and basically sustainability type work. Right. So it's interesting because when I graduated from engineering school, you know, 20 years ago, the, the idea of sustainability didn't really exist in the general conversation as it does now. Right. So it, right. it just, it wasn't there. I mean, I'm sure there were people talking about it, but it wasn't this you wouldn't see it on the news, that's mm-hmm. for sure. And to tell you the truth, I ended up actually in the energy engineering field almost by accident. I was looking for jobs in the Baltimore area. This company did a lot of HVAC lighting design work. And it really wasn't until I got there that I realized, oh, yeah, that they do that type of work, but it's all within the scope of these really large energy savings performance contracts. So that got me, it's really energy efficiency. So yes, we yeah. did HVAC design, we did lighting design, controls. Because you're a mechanical, control. you're a mechanical yeah. engineer, which, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I've done, you know, HVAC design of full systems, but it was always under the umbrella of how can we use less energy? And what I'll tell you what I like about that, you know, you mentioned something, they sort of have that push and pull between, you know, your work as, you know, designing systems that were, you know, coal fired and now yeah. looking at sustainability. What I really like about the energy efficiency field is that it really goes across the whole spectrum. I don't care if you're someone who thinks that sustainability is the absolute most important issue, or you're somebody who thinks that climate change is a complete hoax. Everybody wants to save money on their bill. So if you can say, hey, how can we reduce your energy, use it more efficiently, it really spans across everyone. And so I like to look at it those sides. I don't generally talk about sustainability when it, with my clients. It's really about, hey, whatever your view is on where that energy comes from, wouldn't it be best for all of us if we just use less of it? If we did, you know, even if you think oil is not a big deal, wouldn't you want to dig for less of it? Like, let's just have less. It just kind of speaks to everybody. And I like that part of it because it allows me to focus on the engineering, focus on how to help people doing it and less on, you know, political stuff. The just political. Kind of get, get, That's right. It gets in the way of your project. That's all. Yep. And I have this conversation quite often and actually just last week with an investor over LinkedIn, and they are solely focused on investing in companies that have the green focus. And and so, you know, I work with people, with companies, startups and PhDs to commercialize their their innovations and stuff. And I was letting him know as someone that's on the side to help them earn the revenue so that you're interested in investing in them, that it's very difficult because of the politicization of that topic. And so either you have people that's on the spectrum where they believe in it and they're like pro this, pro that. And it's like folks that are like, nah, I'm not going to adopt your solution unless like there's tax benefits to it. Otherwise, what's the point? And so, you know, the way that you're saying you approach things is just like, hey, let's save money, you know, and just like, okay, yeah, like, who doesn't want to save money? The other thing on a lot of our projects is that, you know, sometimes I don't tell them, hey, go ahead and replace this now. It's also, you know, let's make a plan. You need to replace 
you know, put kind of put this idea in their head so that when you need to replace that water heater, here's something you can do that'll use less energy. When you have to replace your windows, here's what you can do. And here are the numbers to back it up so that they just have it in their mind during all those renovations to, you know, spend a little bit extra, but then save a lot on their energy. It's definitely worthwhile in the end. I love that approach. I love it. Love it. So you get to kind of be the silent savior in that way. You're silently (laughs) saving the planet. So I appreciate your work in in that regard. I want to say thank you for just, again, back to your mentoring of young engineers. And how many folks do you think you've impacted thus far in that work? You know, I'd love to say millions. That would be, you know, make me sound really great. But, you know, I have a small uh, newsletter that goes out to several thousand uh, young engineers. I do hear from them either through the newsletter or on LinkedIn. So I do know that I'm impacting somebody. And I think for the most part, you know, 99.99% of whatever I put out there is all free. And that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to just let them get the information so that it's there. And I do know that it is reaching people. No idea what the numbers are, but I'm happy. You know, I know that it's reaching a decent number. Yeah, if you got, I mean, even if you just had a few hundred on the list, that's impactful. You know, what you're saying, thousands, that's fantastic. Keep up the great work with that. I just want to, I want to give you an opportunity to tell people who may be interested, whether it's themselves, you know, someone on their team, their child that's in college, whatever it is, how can they best, what's the best way for them to get on your newsletter list? Okay, well, if they want to join the newsletter or see some of my articles, you can go to my website, www theengineeringmentor.com. I also invite everybody to find me on LinkedIn. I enjoy, as we had discussed, you know, initially, I enjoy the back and forth of the comments. So please don't be shy. Feel free to reach out. You can sit on the sidelines for a bit, but then I'd love to hear from everybody in the comments or if they want to send a private message. Yeah. And everyone, he means it because there was a post (laughs) that you did And I was like, well, we were talking about why did you choose your major? I said, well, for me, you know, being the youngest of 13 children, first to go to college, I really was focused on which of the majors would pay me the most. I knew I was going to be an engineer, but I really didn't know the full capacity of it. And I chose what type of engineering based upon who had the highest starting salaries. And you said, no one should ever do that. That wasn't the tone that you used. (laughs) But that's the way I read it, right? But, and that's the thing. I always tell people, written format of communication is the worst in interpreting people's intent and tone, right? And so, so to me, it sounded like no one should ever do that. Never do that. That's no one should ever choose a major like that. And I said, well, so... That's privileged of you to say, but in my situation, that was, you know, the cards I was dealt and I played them well. It looks like it turned out pretty good for me, but I understand for a lot of people, you know, just like you were saying earlier, if they're not really interested, they're going to be miserable. Oh my gosh, engineering school is hard, right? (laughs) Right. Yeah. No, I think that, you know, you also had that big first step saying, I wanted to go to engineering. And it's true. I think you're probably right that when I said, you know, nobody should ever do that. It's when you have various options and when you have, you know, all things being equal, nobody should do that. But in your situation, as you, as I appreciate that you had shared, I, you're right. <laughs> because that, you know, if it was, you know, quote unquote, only $10,000 more a year, that could have made a huge difference in your life at the time. So yeah, you know what? You got to go for it. And I, I completely understand that. Mm-hmm. Every, and I, I think it is important to, to realize that everybody's situation is different. So 
Yeah. It's yeah. good to have people give everybody say, hey, here are the reasons why one would choose this versus that or go in this direction or that direction. And then use your own situation to make that final decision. Absolutely. So you're you're such a pleasure to speak with. And I know sometimes on LinkedIn, it's hard for people to get a feel for the person. And I hope that this time that we spent together, people get more of a feeling of your heart and understand who you are as a person. So I want to thank you for spending this time with myself and the audience and for coming on the Unpolished MBA today. My, my pleasure. I appreciate you reaching out and uh, hopefully your listeners learned something useful. Take care. Now you have the option to text me any question that you have about your business, about career, and I will answer it on the show. So just go to unpolishedmba.com forward slash text. And from there, you'll be able to text anytime, any question, and I'll answer it on the air. Thank you for listening to the Unpolished MBA podcast. To hear more episodes or to request to become a guest, please visit unpolishedmba.com.